You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cracking the code on how you can optimize, personalize, and monetize your app marketing and mobile growth efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by Peggy Ann Saltz. Peggy, a top 30 mobile marketing influencer, nine-time author, and content strategist, brings you her pick of tech, trends, guests, and cool stuff to help you drive growth and create deep connections with your customers. Now, prepare to get motivated and activated with our host. Hey, hello, and welcome to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz from Mobile Group, where I plan, produce, and promote content that allows my clients to reach their goals and scale growth. And uh, I'm really excited. I'm not even going to say too much in advance. It's just we all know what's going on out there. We see, you know, the rise in ad blocking. I'm seeing research that says people are bored with their mobile ad creatives. So we're at a juncture in the industry where we have to look around for some new ideas and some new inspiration for how we reach and engage really audiences with compelling creatives. So today I have Walter Gear the third. He is, I would say, the man who literally wrote the book on mobile ad creatives with a twist, uh, formerly VP and creative director at Verve. Before that, uh, New York Times Digital, uh, Google, um, Viacom, MTV. I mean, you name it. It's a long track record. Walt, I'm just happy to have you on the show to talk about how we're going to make mobile ad creatives, you know, great again. All right. (laughs) It's great to have you on the show. Super. I'm really excited to be, to, to be here, so thank you for having me. Well, I want to dive into this because when I was reading over what you're actually doing in the industry, it's not that you're just thinking about mobile ad creatives, but you've actually patented quite a few of them as well. I mean, maybe you can just give me some background here. You know, what are you bringing here to in, in your career? I mean, was it, you know, you, you said one day, you know, everything in advertising needs a fresh look and you decided that was your mission to set out and do that. I mean, what started you on this very interesting career path? Thank you. So I, I used to be a front-end developer for years and it was interesting because by the time I went to Viacom, that was the first time that I had actually been able to sit within a sales organization. And my job really at the end of the day was figure out ways to, to drive incremental revenue. And it was interesting because when I looked at the space as a whole, and I've, I've been doing this for almost two decades now, at that time I realized that so many people in the advertising space were trying to throw crap at a wall and hope it sticks, right? They had mm-hmm. these big grand ideas for RFPs and whatnot. And, and while at that time, you know, 
12, 13 years ago, it was it was a lot easier to get a million dollar deal on something like a homepage takeover. Um, you know, you also had to make sure that you were selling through an idea that was going to work, right? Not only inventive, but something that you could guarantee success you know, for these advertisers. So what I started to do really is a different approach. And my approach since then has always been that research and data really matter. So when I started with MTV, I started by actually opening up a usability lab, but the type of usability lab was a biometric. So I don't know if, are you familiar with biometric research at all? Yep. Well, well, yes, but I mean, you know, our listeners, we have to be clear on that too. That's really where you're paying attention to, um, you know, the, the, the neuro uh, science of yeah. uh, whether or not an audience is interested. Exactly, 100%. So what we're doing is essentially understanding the emotional state of a user when they engage or interacted with something. And in my case, it was, it was ad formats. So you do this by, and it literally looked like someone is in the ICU. You have stuff in your hands, stuff on your chest, your arms, et cetera. And we were essentially you know, tapping into the emotional state of a user by understanding things like heart rate, pupil dilation, arousal, which is sweat in the palms, eye tracking, um, facial expressions. Uh, whether they're leaning forward or leaning back. And through this, you can essentially tell what works based off colors, call to action, speed mm-hmm. of animation, position on page. So it allowed me to really create the perfect ad for consumers. So that's really how this whole kind of thing really started. And since then, you know, you've, it's interesting that you started in a very data-driven approach before we were really, truly data-driven. I mean, do you feel that you're sort of in your element now that we're thinking about data-driven marketing? You know, we're thinking about programmatic. We're thinking about engagement, targeting, retargeting, segmentation. Now you have to have creatives that don't just work but also deliver. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'd, I'd start there, and I guess I didn't realize it so early on how important that the research mm-hmm. and the data is. And now when we look at mobile devices and the information that we can actually get from them, I mean, the mobile device is the most powerful advertising tool we have, like ever even been given. And truth be told, it really is an empty canvas, but not a lot of people are truly innovating in smarter ways that will allow brands to communicate effectively with the people that matter, right? So what do you think that is, Walt? I mean, you've been around for a long time. You have a quite an impressive track record. I mean, mm-hmm. is it just that, you know, we were we were saying, is it that, that syndrome of, oh, new screen, let's do the same thing we did on old screen, just make it slightly different. So what worked in online, you know, squeeze the banners, put them on a mobile phone, or that we just didn't get mobile because, you know, I think we're starting to understand now that mobile mobile advertising is broken. We need to fix it. But what took so long? Yeah, I think you hit on a lot of things that are, that are problems with, with the space and the industry right now. For one, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's We have taken display formats and brought them down to the mobile device and treated them as if they're the same when they're so far from. For instance, 728 by 90, which everyone uses, and they still use on display. In our mobile device, it's just a 320 by 50. Same format, same exact position on the page, top of the page and the bottom of the page. Um, we look at, and this is something I say all the time, is the fact that Comscore did a report almost nine years ago called um, Natural Born Clickers, and mm-hmm. they found that 8% of the internet audience was responsible for 87% of clicks, which is why we saw the entire rich media industry move from things like a roll, or, excuse me, a click to a rollover. Yet when we look at a mobile device, 
every single mobile banner you see says tap, right? So, which is why you're scrolling and scrolling and you accidentally tap on something and you open up these opportunities. And that's bad for two people. One, the brand, because I may not have wanted to see you in the first place. And two, the publisher now, because I feel as though you're spamming me with something that I don't want. So yes, I mean, to your point, we're so many people, majority of people are trying to take them, you know, advertising styles and formats from these display and bringing them down to mobile device as if they're the same. Now, I think the way we correct that is by creating opportunities that are more cohesive with these devices, right? It's applying things like gestures. It's thinking of new approaches to create native formats and, and solutions and ways for advertisers to communicate. It is understanding things like location data, right? And the places that an individual has actually gone so that you can deliver something at a relevant moment or the right opportunity, right? So it really kind of now you know, being able to advertise in a meaningful manner to a consumer means that, you know, a brand needs to truly know them, an individual, better than they know themselves. So I agree on, on location. That's really a big part of it. But, you know, sort of like where you are is also a lot about who you are as well. And there are other types of data, you know, not just the ordinary demographics, but, you know, getting getting creative in how you um, address, engage, target, whatever you want to call it. I don't like to yeah. use target too much. I always may think of a bullseye on someone's back, right? <laughs> consumers engage uh, consumers with advertising. What do you think is, is sort of like essential? Because some marketers can't do all of the above, but is there like, you know, the absolute uh, minimum viable uh, product as far as mobile ad creatives are concerned? Yeah, so I would say that, look, most people can do native advertising, and there's a lot of different ways, like there's so, like if we went around a room of 10 people and asked, what is native advertising to you, you'd probably get 10 different answers. Native advertising, really, at the end of the day, is the ability to insert or inject an advertiser's content, and that could be a 300 by 250 in line with content, and content on the page that you're reading. So... I think native advertising is a really great opportunity right now. And it's, a, I don't want to say simple, but it's a great way to actually allow for a brand to get their message in front of a consumer and doing it by um, having relevant content, right? Like contextually relevant content. So if you're able to, you know, let's say if you're ESPN.com and then you're serving a Nike ad in an article for ESPN.com, that, that makes sense for a reader. So I think at the very easiest level, contextual relevance is a big thing. But when you're delivering your creative, the thing that's often missed is so many people aren't truly thinking about the type of format to deliver mm -hmm. to an individual. So the 300 by the 320 by 50, for example, is a banner that no one looks at, or you have those overlay ads that, like, for a moment in time, will completely block all of your content, um, and you'll have your X button at the top right, and we are conditioned to look top right and close, which is why we never remember those ads. So. You know, it's about thinking about different types of formats other than those normal IB standard formats to really then garner more attention. I mean, that's a great segue to where I want to take you, but I'm going to take you there after the break. Walt is talking about those new creative formats and many of those which you have also patented. But just a, a point to what you were bringing up there earlier, it brings to mind a piece of uh, research not long ago that we also featured here on Mobile Presence, which was about biometric uh, research around what people do with their ads. And it was interesting, to your point, when you see this full screen, you know, all singing, all dancing, you know, 
complete takeover, the first thing you do is you want to find that X in the corner. You want to activate that because it actually activates the fight or flight part of your brain. So really, to your point, there's this thing going on where it's like, I see this very annoying ad. I'm very annoyed. And, and, you know, and deep in your DNA, you really are. And you have to get away from that. So that was just, for me, an interesting point that, you know, ads don't just annoy us. Maybe, uh, you know, we think we're annoyed, but like, you know, in our bodies, in our brains, that's exactly what happens. I don't know if you heard about that research, Walt, but uh, really does underline what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and which is why I go to the point that, look, ad, like there's such a negative connotation with the word ads, right? With ads in general, no one likes them, right? So my thing is my approach to, to designing these advertising experiences, like they need to be experiences, right? Like if you create an experience for a consumer, they will engage and they will spend time with your brand. But creating an experience means you have to give them something in return for their time spent. Right. So well, on, about, on, yeah. on that note, Walt, I do have to go to break. I feel bad now because sure. we're going to go to an ad. You say we don't like <laughs> sure. ads. We're going to go to one. But no, we do give we do give value here at Mobile Presence. We give you other content that might be interesting to you and send you that way. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. AM Days 2018 comes to Las Vegas, May 16th and 17th. Register now at amdays.com. Make the most of your performance marketing with help from some of the most iconic brands, including Microsoft, Capital One, Uber, Backcountry, and many more. AM Days 2018 brings together a powerhouse of industry leaders and dealmakers to network and share insights on the latest practices and cutting-edge updates in performance marketing and more. Make plans to be in Las Vegas for our landmark 10th event. AM Days 2018 Las Vegas, May 16th and 17th. Webmaster Radio listeners can save 20% on two-day and combo passes using promo code WMR20. Register now at amdays.com. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them to protect them and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz, with Mobile Groove. And we have today Walter T. Gear III. He is, uh, well, he was VP and Creative Director at Verve, but overall, just a creative visionary about how to make ads that matter and move us. So, Walt, right before the break, we were talking about, you know, how we have had to think about advertising before, how we've evolved our thinking, and we haven't really pushed the boundaries, pushed the envelope yet. And we have to think about 
different ways of doing it. So what would you propose? Because you are also uh, the brains behind quite a number of interesting formats that people might not know about. Yeah, so it's, it's true. I think that reinventing mobile advertising, again, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to go back and reinvent the wheel. It's mm-hmm. about really stopping for a minute, assessing what you're currently doing, where you might have gaps, and then simply adjusting, right? So, so take, for example, um, when I was at Verve, there's this creative format that we called the Canopy On Scroll. Now, again, to our point earlier, no one looks at a 320 by 50 banner. They, they just don't, right? They, there's something called banner blindness, which essentially means when you're on your favorite apps or your favorite sites and you're reading your content and you know where ad formats are, you completely block them out. You stop looking at them entirely, which is why whenever I present, I'll typically ask people you know, in an audience, when was the last time you saw a mobile ad? Everyone will put their hands up. I then asked them, you know, do you remember the brand? Keep your hands up if you remember the name of that advertiser. Mm-hmm. 90% of the hands will drop. And then I say, okay, for the last two or three hands that are up, if that was your company or your client, put your hand down. And no one's hand is up. It's because they just don't remember the ads. So this format that we did, what we essentially did is, well, let's take the most standard banner format, the 320 by 50, and think of a different way to get someone to actually look at it. So what we did was, when a user actually scrolls up or scrolls down the page, only at that time will we animate that banner. That banner will have different elements that will protrude out of that 320 by 50 space above it. And so what happens is it will literally forward and rewind your creative across the screen. So what we, we found happened from that is when users are actually scrolling up and down, they actually started to look down because they realized as they scrolled, they're controlling the experience below. This unit ended up being one of the highest, most interactive units that we've had there for that simple point. Then what we did was we measured that unit by quartiles, the same way you measure video, which is 25%, 50 and 75 and 100% completion rates, which allowed us to be smarter around the creative. So I could go back to a brand and say, look, your animation in this creative is, is 20 seconds long. We found a significant drop off after 50% of that creative. Well, why don't we actually minimize that down to a 10 second piece of content? And let's figure out the, the, the most impactful pieces of copy that you need to make sure that you're getting across to a consumer. So really doing simple and subtle things to really kind of reinvent the space. What happens on the other end well, where we're talking about measuring the results? I'm just wondering because, you know, maybe we have to think about that differently too. I was I was in a conversation the other day with uh, someone at marketing at ABC News and he said, you know, before we used to think about push notifications, this is something different, not your type of ad creative, but he said, you know, we used to measure it in opens, right? And now because push is being rich push and this, that, and the other, and you can do more with it, um, you know, we have to think about a different way to measure it. And to your point, you know, maybe we're not clicking on it the way we used to. We're interacting with it differently for different amounts of time um, or other creatives that do something different, look like the app and aren't. Um, Are we also going to have to rethink how we measure the results? I certainly think so. I definitely uh-huh. think so. Have I any mean, thoughts on how you're... that's going to happen? I mean, you're, you're, I'd like to hear how, how we're going to have to, what we're going to re- need to rethink it. What's what might what might our options be? So so, very similarly to what I was saying earlier with with clicks, right? And we saw in display everyone move from clicks as a call to action to rollovers. And then what happened is once you had rollover, then it was about okay, now we can do time spent, right? So I think that. Similarly, in, in mobile dev- with mobile devices now, I think secondary actions are going to be really important. But I think more importantly, 
we as an industry need to think of smarter people, smarter ways to get someone to interact, to open up these experiences. So for, for me, what I say is, well, let's start moving over to things like gestures, right? So I think what Snapchat did brilliantly was their kind of swipe experience. You're going through articles of different content, and then it says swipe up, you swipe up, and then you have this ad experience in front of you, and you continue swiping, and then it's gone. But that worked in their natural, quote-unquote, habitat, right, in their space, because it just that's how they delivered content. So for someone like that, then, of course, things like interaction rates and secondary um, actions make sense. But now with, you know, understanding location and whatnot, we have the ability to also understand who are the people that we delivered an ad to, and did we now see those people actually go into, let's say, a particular store, right? So, so you know, attribution. So there's so many different things we can actually do now with mobile, and I think that it, a lot of it is still continuing to grow. And, and truth be told, like, I'm still trying to find out what's next as well. I was going to do that, exactly. I was going to ask you that at the end of the show, but now that you mention it, Walt, you know, I mean, obviously we can't know what's next, but you can have a feeling for sort of what's coming down the pike because if you think about, again, you know, Verve's most recent uh, research I was reading, you know, very exciting, over half of the people who look at an ad are bored by it, um, which was, you know, translating into millions of ads not being seen. Uh, Ad blocking, mobile ad blocking, you know, increasing. Something's not quite right. So what might be coming next to make that right? I don't I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, look, if we're talking about, if we kind of step back for a second and just say, well, what's, what's next as a whole in advertising? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's an, that's an, that's an, there's an easier answer to that. And mm-hmm. it's the conversation that everyone's been talking about, which is AI. Right? Okay. I think that eventually at some point, these mobile devices, I personally think, well, even right now, the mobile device is like your, it's your hub. For me, it allows me to get into my house. It allows me to change my temperature. It allows me to, you know, do so many many things i think that as we move forward that mobile device will eventually at some point be gone right and i have alexa in almost every room of my house and now my three and a half year old daughter is coming into a room and turning on the music and you know frozen or something of that nature and and turning on my lights at 6 a.m when she wants to because she can just sit up in the bed and and (laughs) say hey you know alexa turn on the bedroom lights um I think the world as a whole is changing by by AI, and I think that we all need to get on the bandwagon very quickly to start ideating and innovating on, in terms of now how does advertising work? Like, how do we get advertisers integrated into this kind of speechless, uh, this speech type of opportunity? That's a great point because, um, you know, not too long ago there was this discussion of okay, okay, we've we've figured out SEO, we figured out ASO. What do we do when it's a digital assistant of some type that we have to appeal to with our advertising so that we end up as you know part of the suite of possibilities it presents to the human user? Um, no answers on that. Really, you know, fascinating question. I'm just curious here before we go to break if you have some thoughts on that because. Uh, you know, it was hard enough engaging humans. We still haven't cracked that one, by the way. Uh, and now we have to think about, okay, now how do I become a skill that uh, that is going to be appealing? You know, or how am I going to get my head around this? So it's a completely different game. But maybe you have some quick thoughts about how to approach it. I think it's going to be a, lo- a lot of it's going to be about understanding my needs, right? So, so mm-hmm. Alexa and, and Google Home, those folks need to now understand on a very high level 
like what are the things that I'm purchasing? What are the things that I like to do? And being able to tell that to me at relevant moments. So I know that, hey, I typically buy whatever milk every two weeks. Uh, knowing that that date is coming up, maybe suggest that, hey, just want to let you know there's a sale on this, but boom, if you say X, Y, or Z, we can actually have it delivered to you right now, right? So I think over time, it's about figuring out smarter ways to integrate advertising into your life through those experiences. But again, it really boils down to how can we use these technologies to understand everything about this individual so we can give them something that's truly relevant. And only at that time, you will you be able to take a brand and insert someone properly and effectively into your life? And how does that fit in with um, with native advertising in a way? Because you're talking about inserting a brand, and brands are also having some difficulty inserting themselves properly in native advertising without yeah. it seeming well, you know, a bit weird. I mean, at some level. Yeah. It, it, it has to be valuable without being deceitful, but at the same time, you know, it is sort of hidden in there. Do you have any any views on um, how to approach that in a more open way, but still effective? Yeah. So personally, I'm, I'll be 100% honest with you. I've never really been a fan of native advertising. I think that, you know, when, when native advertising first came out and, and the kind of confusion between, okay, well, maybe this is this publisher's content and then you read through it and then you realize, Oh, nope, this is not the publisher, um, an ad- a publisher's content. It's an advertiser's. I think it's finding that subtle kind of mix between giving someone something that's relevant, but also like giving it to them when they want it. So I, I think that, look, if you understand that I'm commuting to work two hours every day, back and forth each way. Um, and you know that I go shopping at targets or whole foods every single Saturday, then you know, give me some, deliver me something for those brands when I'm on my commute, when you know I'm actually looking at my, my device, when I'm engaging at the right time. So I go back to let's give those opportunities, um, albeit sometimes annoying, when someone actually is engaged at the right time. Um, and when we start talking about native formats in terms of, you know, how they're being delivered to people, I don't necessarily think it should be about, you know, scrolling up and then all of a sudden you get this big giant full screen opportunity. Because when we do that, we're just going back 10, 15 years where we're just about what we used to be about, hey, let's just throw a big overlay on top of someone's page and let's get our branding as large as possible. Like think of different subtle approaches. It doesn't have to be so bold and in your face. If you can Mm -hmm. deliver something at a relevant moment and a product that's relevant to me, it doesn't have to be big and flashy. It can be simple. Well, I am enjoying this immensely. I almost hate to get a break. Um, but uh, listeners, we do have to go to our final break. But don't go away. When we get back, we'll be talking about how you can make your advertising, how Walt puts it here, you know, authentic, um, assistive, and, and amazing, I think is a great word for what it has to be. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. 
Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ansultz, with Mobile Groove, and we have today Walter T. Gear III. Walt, it's been great to have you on the show and talking Thank about, you. you know, how you reinvent creatives. Um, actually, purposely, I'm hoping that this will convince you to come back at least once a quarter to share your thoughts on this. Oh, I'd love to. I love to have you here. I, I love straightforward, you know. Right where it, where it hits, what you need to do, how you need to think, and and the hard truth that some people yeah. don't want to hear. So on that note, you know we we we're on the same page. Let's assume our listeners are too. We're saying okay, mobile advertising as is right now, mobile ad creatives. It's not an experience. It's broken. You have to get better. You have to up your game. If they're on the same page with us, what do they need to do? How do they need to prepare? How do you approach this? I mean, one easy answer would be just, you know, hey, great. Find a great agency and be creative. But that's probably not it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not. I think it's, it's a few things. Number one, it's a lot of times when you look at a lot of these agencies that are in space, they're putting in folks that are like, quote, unquote, innov- you know, innovation. But they're really not innovation people, right? I, I think that it really starts with getting the right creative people involved and the creative people in the room. But those creative people need to be in the room with the data folks as well. So I'll always say, and I'll go back to the point that if we're going to engage people in effective ways, you've got to have good creative and you have to have good data, right? So what I tell folks is, look, having the right relationships matter, right? So bring in some data experts, bring in some creative experts, get them in the room together and allow them to brainstorm together. So when I personally come up with ideas, it always starts with the research, yes, indeed, but I also need to truly understand how the data works and what are the pieces of information I can get back on a consumer. And when I understand that, it's only then that I can actually figure out what the smartest ways to actually engage those consumers from a functionality point of view, from a format point of, point of view, from a dynamic messaging point of view. I also go to the point that dynamic creative is a very big deal. So understand how your brand can actually truly use dynamic messaging in an impactful, effective way. 
A mm-hmm. lot of people in this space say that they do dynamic creative, but truly they're delivering 30 or 40 types of, of creatives. So work with those partners who understand dynamic creative on, on a higher level in terms of being able to truly deliver one creative that can speak to differently to someone based on their location, their area, or the things that they like. Being able to change calls to action, functionality, the background images, the, the, the product images in the whole nine yards. And I think that when you start to look at um, a lot of these folks, I think that they're, these brands are bringing these teams and bringing these people in-house. And I think that's really important because when you have these companies that can bring all of those things under one roof, that allows you to truly understand how the different pieces of the machine really work. I think sometimes it's difficult to work with an external, let's say, data provider or whatnot because you know you both need to truly understand how your businesses work and how your different areas of expertise work. So bringing them into one house under one roof, I think, is truly important. That makes sense because this is really going to be decisive in how you um, address, engage, convert audiences. So it makes sense that you don't want this necessarily outside. To your point about bringing together the creative and the data people, I hear this a lot. Um, Just wondering, you know, in your other positions or how you see the world, how you might go about this, because everyone says sort of bring them together and you think, okay, if I just put, you know, uh, their cubicles are next to each other, you know, life is good, but that isn't quite what we mean. Um, and, and a lot of people have a lot of trouble sort of relating to it. It's like the data people or the people from big bang theory and the creative people are always wearing black. Um, and that's not the way it is either. (laughs) It is sometimes, but not always. The wearing black part might be a little true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit true. And the shades at all times, day yeah. and night. But how do you bring them together? Um, yeah, look, I, I think it, look, I, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing, right? Because I think going back to my earlier point, you have companies that focus on primarily on one thing or the other. So when I, when I came to, when I first came to Verve, I thought that that was the most important critical piece, which is why at that point we completely changed how we, you know, our messaging in the mat and in, in the marketplace. Um, we sat, you know, that I sat down with our head of analytics and, and we would brainstorm together. He needed to know the way my mind works and the way I start thinking about creatives and the way I start thinking about engaging with individuals. And I need to understand how his brain works when it, when it came to, you know, data. Like, I, I don't know everything about data, right? And I, and I surely never will. But it allowed me the opportunity to have him sit with me and say, well, I can give you weather. I can give you location. I can give you X, Y, and Z. And when I have all those pieces, then it was really about now sitting with our engineering team and, and creating these APIs that allowed us to pull this data and influence our creative. A lot of really good information there. Well, I will look forward to having you back. But in the meantime, should our listeners want to get in touch with you, maybe follow up on what you're doing, what you're writing, what you're sharing out there, what's the best way to do that? Sure. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Walter T. Gear the Third. Um, I'm also on Instagram a ton, um, and that is 3RDGEERS, Third Gears. Oh, cool. Very cool. And I saw your motorcycle. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. 
Um, so, uh, so, you know, true to form, that's exactly that. And uh, we'll have those details, of course, on the website as well. So you didn't have to jot those down. We have show notes and all the rest. And, of course, if you want to keep up with me through the week or find out more how you can be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy, Peggy at MobileGroove.com. Mobile Groove is also where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. So that, my friends, is a wrap of yet another episode of Mobile Presence. And you can find this and all earlier episodes of our show by going to webmasterradio.fm, or you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. We'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.